Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. Good morning, my name's uh, John. Um, I'm one of the older guys on the uh, <laughs> speaking team. Um, in fact, um, you could probably, I'm in my 70s now, so actually um, you could probably call me an MC. <laughs> um, do you know how you can tell if you're 70? It's when you get down to tie your shoelaces up. You think, is there anything else I can do while I'm doing <laughs> Well, uh, Abraham is the uh, person that we're going to look at today. A wonderful person, incredible guy who's touched history. And uh, I hope we can learn something together. Uh, from Abraham. Uh, well, where were we? The uh, story of the Bible, as you know, is that God loves each one and he wants a relationship with us. Yeah, that's just a simple message that goes right through the Bible. And uh, it started with Adam and Eve. God loved them, he made them, and he had a relationship with them in the garden, and uh, they, they loved that. But then, as you know, both Adam and Eve turned away and went their own way. And the following generations turned away from God. And so, as Richard was saying a couple of weeks ago, God started again. He wanted a relationship. He wanted to get to know his people. And so he started with Noah. And uh, God had a relationship with him and loved him and uh, but then, following generations turned away and went their own way. And that's the story really of the whole Bible. Uh, people keep turning away. And so God wanted to start again. And he started with one person named Abraham. And uh, back in uh, Genesis. Now, when you're studying the Bible, just, just for those who think, that the New Testament, with a front end, uh, the back end of the Bible, uh, is the uh, New Testament, and that's written in Greek. And it's very much conceptual and, and, and thinkers and so forth. The Old Testament, where Abraham is found, is written in Hebrew. And Hebrew is a series like with pictures. And uh, it's like little snapshots. So I want to take five snapshots, very quick ones, of Abraham this morning. And, uh, and we'll look at his life from that. So, I want to take you back to, uh, whoops, uh, to Abraham. And we're going right back to 1875 around BC. And uh, Abraham lives in a place called Ur. Now, Ur is, um, uh, <laughs> it's here, uh, there. And uh, it's down near the Arabian Gulf, near Basra, in Iraq. And uh, way out, and it was a uh, <coughs> it was a bustling, prosperous city, and uh, well known for its banking and for its textiles. Sophisticated society. It was, it was amazing. Even back then, they had uh, really nice brick houses, and uh, it was a, a very pleasant place to live. But it was totally pagan. Uh, everybody worshipped uh, the moon god, including Abraham. And out of this, 
out of the way place, right down in Urba, God decides to pick one man. He was 75. And I love that. I love that. God still picks old guys from 75 to have a relationship with, don't they, Richard? That's right. Good. And so God suddenly starts talking to this guy. He's a pagan. And he says this. I'm moving forward and it's... Um, go, can you go back one? No, no. There we go. God said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's house to the land I will show you. So God suddenly says to Abraham, I want you to leave everything you have and I want you to go to a land I'm going to talk to. And can you imagine what that must have been when he had a chat to Sarah, his wife? He says, he walks into the kitchen and he says, um, Sarah, uh, we're moving. She's 75, and you know, they just had the living room all done, and all the night is no nothing. Do you think we're going to move? And Abraham says, yeah. Well, I'm not moving. I'm not going to Colchester. I'm not going, I'm not. Where are we going? And so off, she, uh, off they go. Uh, and when Abraham says to, uh, when, when God says to Abraham, um, I want you to go, he then gives him three promises. Yeah. I'm quite sure what's going on here, but um, promise one. I will make you into a great nation. And that promise came true because the great nation that came from Abraham was the whole of the Arab world and the whole of the Jewish world. He became a great nation. Second promise was this. I will bless you and make your name great. Well, before this service, can you put your hand if you've heard of Abraham before what he's done? Well, that promise is true, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That Abraham's name is great. And the third promise all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And the whole of the Muslim world say that they come from Abraham and they're amazing nations. Uh, Saudi Arabia, Iran, they've all been come through Abraham. Israel, amazing nation, again. And all the Christians, they all say that they came through Abraham. And all the education and the places and the, and the hospitals would all say that they've been blessed. And so Abraham has been blessed right through the world. But Abraham doesn't know this. Abraham just obeys what God said and sets off. And we can learn, can't we, from Abraham? He wasn't a religious guy. He didn't even know the Ten Commandments. But he said, yes. And today, God speaks to each one of us. And we need to say yes. Often we say, oh, no, 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 no. You can't mean me, God. I, I don't think you mean me. You mean somebody else. Um, uh, I, I'm not religious. I've never been to Bible school. I don't know the Bible, so that... And Abraham just says that's all totally irrelevant. That's right. 
He says, if God speaks to you, then you are to do something. I remember one of the first times that God spoke to me, definitely, when I was a teenager. And um, <coughs> several, I, was, I just got to college, and several of my friends said to me, oh, come out, I want you to come out and enjoy it. You know, I want you to enjoy myself. And uh, we're going to have loads of drink there, there's going to be girls there, we're going to have a party. I want you to come and enjoy yourself. And I, I was quite a young Christian, and so... Uh, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I didn't want to miss out on what was, you know, they said was going to be a really good time. And so I, I prayed about it and I, I, um, and I read my Bible I, I, a couple of weeks later, I, I came across a verse I'd never seen before. In Psalm 4 verse 7, it says, God says, you put more joy in my heart than they have when their brain and money abounds. And I felt God was saying directly to me, God didn't say you shouldn't enjoy parties. He didn't say you shouldn't enjoy drink. He didn't say uh, you shouldn't enjoy yourself. But he said the one thing, I, he said, I put more joy in your heart than they have when their wine and brain abound. And that's the one thing, uh, joy from God is better than found in a bottle. And uh, I needed to hear that. Well, over the years, um, <clears throat> next couple of years, Abraham slowly moves up from Iraq up to Palestine. And God says, I want you to stay there in Palestine. I'm going to bless you. And so we come to the second snapshot. There. Suddenly, after a little bit of time, there was a famine. There's a famine in the land. And uh, <coughs> Abraham looks around and he thinks logically and he hears that down in Egypt, where the Nile River is, it's very fertile and there was plenty down there. So Abraham logically thinks, well, I'm, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to go down to Egypt. I'm going to go to Egypt. And God has said, stay there. Now, again, a bit about the geography of... of uh, of the land. Down in Egypt, there's the Nile River that makes it all fertile. And that's down uh, and it's supplied from the earth. Israel is largely a mountainous country and it's quite fertile, but the, all the rain moisture comes from the sky. It rains. And you see, mainly in the Bible, often people, it says, go down to Egypt, which is saying, we're going to go and do what the earth supplies, rather than what God supplies. Yeah, that's good. And so often, if you if you go through it, you find people go down to Egypt, and what it's saying is they're relying on themselves rather than God. And so <coughs> Abraham goes down to Egypt, and when he gets there, he gets into trouble because uh, Pharaoh sees his wife uh, Sarah, who's quite a stunner, and he says. Um, I wonder, that's my wife. And Abraham's thinking, hey, there he gets what he wants. And he's going to bump me off if I don't. Uh, so he just says, uh, this wonderful man of faith says, no, 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 she's not my wife. You have her. She's sort of my sister. And uh, so we say Abraham. He wasn't the most wonderful person in that context. 
<clears throat> he wasn't even loyal in marriage. He had a long way to go. And uh, God had to start somewhere with him. And again, we learn, don't we, that God takes us where we are, you and me. If we have a big decision, like Abraham, don't just be logical. Ask God. Ask God. I know, guess some of you are thinking about which college you should go to, and other people are making about decisions about jobs. And uh, it's very easy just to. I, I remember once I, I, I saw a house, and I wanted a house, I wanted some house, and I, and I saw one in Framlingham. And it was, a, it was a lovely house, it was a Swedish house, it was triple glazed. I thought that would be wonderful. And I went down and made, made a lot of it, and I suddenly thought, I haven't got enough money. And I was really uncertain about it all, and I had to, really embarrassing, I had to go back and say, I can't afford this, I, you know, can you put it back on the market again? I made a decision without thinking about God. And it's easy to do. Whereas when I, I remember when I was thinking about which college to go to, and I thought, oh, and you have the list of ones, and uh, I didn't know which one to go for, and I was playing my uh, piano. I, I played the piano a bit, and um, I was playing some songs, and uh, I turned the page over, and I was playing at this point, you know, which, which college should you do you go to? And I turned the page over, and I kind of stayed playing a tune, and the title of it was Love for a College. And that was one of the poems I was wondering about. And so I thought, God, thank you. You'd say, and that's kind of, God doesn't always do that, exactly that. It's only exactly, but on that, and I went to love and God really helped my life through that. And so, if you're making a decision, don't just think, well, I should go to that one. Really ask and really find out, is this the one that you want me to go to? Because um, God will answer that. Well, Abraham, he's back in Palestine, he gets back from Egypt, he's still alive, and he's still got Sarah. Also, he's got Lot his nephew, and God blesses all this bunch, and uh, they have loads of sheep and cattle and, and too much for the land to uh, look after. And so uh, he says to Lot, his uh, nephew, who was with him, who had a lot of uh, sheep and, and, and uh, cattle, he said, uh, uh, let's go up and decide, you take one part of the land and I'll take another. And so uh, they went up the uh, mountain, and uh, the next they looked out and they decided who should have what. And again, um, <coughs> Lot looked out and Abraham said, well, you, you, you choose. You choose who should have it. And uh, Lot said, well, that looks rather nice down there, that, that, that valley, the, the uh, Jordan Valley. And it had a river there and it was all well supplied and uh, and uh, it had Sodom there as well, but uh, you seem to miss that. And Lot uh, says, I like that. That looks really nice. And Abraham, who was older, he said, You have that. I'll go around and I'll turn and I'll go back and I'll live up in the mountains. And uh, so that's what happened. He chose. Uh, and Abraham, you see, is beginning to learn a life of faith. I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to live where he wants, not just what I want. And uh, God wants our faith to grow. 
And he puts us in tough situations. I don't know if you notice that God, and sometimes he puts us in the opposite to the fruit that he wants us to learn. For example, if God is trying to work in your life and he, he wants you to learn to love more, guess what he does? He puts you around unloving people. <laughs> Are there unloving people in your school? Or did you know any unloving people? Interesting, isn't it, how God works? And so don't, don't complain and say, oh, God, put on oh, this tougher life. And God's working in your lives, right? If he's working on your patience, then he'll put you in irritable situations. <laughs> Frustrating circumstances. I went to Ikea last week. And uh, there was a number of people everywhere. And just in the, it was just full. I couldn't find parking place, I, I, and people were in the way, and the trolleys are everywhere, I was just so frustrated and annoyed, and you know, my wife said to me, calm down, 10 minutes ago you were quite peaceful, but now you're just you know, all over the place, and, uh, and, and so I, I'm learning, I'm learning, God's still got a way for me to go. So Abraham is slowly learning in his trust and walk with God, and the full snapshot is this. Abraham was outside and he was uh, a night sky in the Middle East and it's just, he could have been out in the starry sky. And God speaks to Abraham as he's outside there and he says to Abraham, look up at the sky, Abraham, and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And he said to him, so shall your offspring be, if you can count. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited him as righteousness. That's one of the biggest verses in the Bible. It's so easy to overlook it. Abraham believed the Lord and God credited him as righteousness. It's a vital question. How do you stand with God? How do we stand with God? Each one of us. Can I know how I stand with Almighty God? Some people say you can't know. Other people say you can. Abraham says you can. You see, God said in that verse, you're going to have millions of descendants. Millions. And Abraham's thinking, do you know I'm old? I haven't got a son. But if that's what God says, I'm going to trust him. And that's what faith is. Despite all the mess of Egypt and Sarah and so forth, God says, because you trust me, I'm going to give you a right standing before me. And that's the key to faith. So simple. It's not your behavior. It's not doing good. But it's trust that counts with God. And it moves on to the New Testament because the Apostle Paul takes up this theme when he writes the Romans. And he uses Abraham trusting God way, way back in the New Testament to help us understand our faith today. Uh, and uh, 
Do you see what Paul is saying? Paul, Paul is saying this. Abraham was fully persuaded. Sorry. Abraham was fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. Yeah, that's right. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us. To whom God will credit righteousness when we believe in God who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. I don't know if you understand, but let me just show you here. Um, for Abraham, the situation was, he was 100 years old, Sarah's woman was dead, he had a difficulty, you see, he had a problem. Because generally, deadness doesn't give life. But God said, you're going to be the father of many generations. And so faith said, okay, I'm going to trust you. And God credits Abraham to the right side of the corner. Yeah? Then, the situation for you and me, situations that Jesus died on the cross. Difficulty for me is, I know that dead people don't get any lies. God says, he raised him from the dead. Faith says, okay, I'm going to trust that. And God credits us with a right standing before him. You see, the foundation for the Christian faith is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. No matter what you've done, if you trust that Jesus died and died for your sins and rose again for you, then God will credit you with a right standing before him. Do you understand? Abraham trusted what God said to him in his time, and God credited him with righteousness. We trust God, and he credits us with the right standing before him. Very important. Last uh, snapshot is uh, Abraham and his love. We move on now 20 years. Abraham now has a teenager. His name is Isaac. And then God says something quite staggering to Abraham. He says this. God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. God knows whom you love. Isaac, go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I'll show you. Quite staggering that God would say that to Abraham. And it might seem quite a barbaric request to us in our day, but to Abraham it probably wasn't. He came from a pagan land where to offer your oldest son was seen as the highest dedication to God's. So Abraham makes this three-day journey up Mount Moriah to sacrifice his son. Can you imagine what was going on in Abraham's heart? Hebrews tells us what was going on. Abraham 
who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned in his mind that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back. You see, Abraham was walking along thinking, I've seen a resurrection in my body. And he's thinking, I really love Isaac. I, I can't give him up. But, but if I have to, God will give him back to me. Because he's promised that through Isaac, I will be for the fathers of many generations. So I trust God for a resurrection for Isaac. In the end, of course, Abraham didn't have to uh, sacrifice Isaac. God provided a ram instead. But God trusted God. Abraham trusted God, even for a resurrection. What do we learn from, from this verse? It says that, take Isaac who you love. God knows who and what we love. He knows. He knows what's special to us. Maybe it's a hobby, maybe it's, a, maybe it's your money, your finances. Maybe it's your relationships, maybe it's a son, maybe it's a daughter. And sometimes we hold on to that. God knows what you love this morning. And we want to control it. And God says, I want you to open your hand let it go so that he can come into that relationship and bring a resurrection and bring a new life for you so there we are there's Abraham Abraham's life was a journey of faith he listened to God and he tried to do what God said Today, I believe men and, yeah, God's looking for men and women of faith. For me, um, I've got my diary here of last year, 2021. And in my faith journey, I tried to write down in my diary when God spoke to me and a little bit of what I tried to do. I didn't, I didn't do too well. But God was speaking to me and I, I tried to do what I could. I've got much to work on. What about you? What about you? I believe that God speaks to each one here. God loves to communicate to his children. So I know that he speaks to each one of you here. Are you doing what he said? Do you listen? And do you do it? Do write it down if God says to you something. And then go ahead and do whatever he asks you. You may not get that far, but then God will come back and speak to you a bit more. And you see, it becomes an adventure. Life with God 
listening to him, trying to do what he says, and he'll speak some more. And each one of us will find that living with God as he talks and works with each one of us, that's an amazing thing. And can life be better than that? To know that Almighty God is speaking to you and me. And we're walking in life of faith. Can we stand, please? Just like to pray for each one of us here. Father God, we thank you for Abraham. We thank you for all that you did in his life, that he tried to follow you in his day. And you credited him a right standing with you. And Lord, each one of us, we know, we know when you speak to us. And Lord, we try in our lives to do, to do what you want us to. Sometimes we just don't get it right. But you're very compassionate, you love us, and you help us get going again. Lord, I pray for each one of us today that we'll follow you in our life of faith. Thank you, Jesus. I believe the Holy Spirit is here and I believe that he's talking to, or has been talking to us. Some of us have got decisions to make, which university to go to, maybe a job, maybe some task, maybe an operation that you're facing. And we need to ask God about that. Maybe if there's anybody who wants to uh, come out and have people pray for them at the end, then we can do that. Big decisions to be made. And God wants to be part of that. And God knows what you love. He knows what each one of us loves. Perhaps a thing. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a relationship. And we're holding on to that. And God asks you to let go. Give it to him. If that's you, then please respond at the end and People again would want to pray for you in that situation to help. Abraham was God's friend. And perhaps you're not sure where you stand with God today. Maybe you'd like to ask him into your life at this time. Say to the Lord Jesus, I love you. I want to follow you. I believe you died for my sin. Come into my life and be my friend.